your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Florida Panthers as we recap the Panthers' 5-4 win over the Minnesota Wilds, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making both Locked On Wild and Locked On Florida Panthers your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, both shows are free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode, we go a little deeper in between the lines to discuss the 5-4 win for the Florida Panthers, how they've been able to be so successful at home, and some Minnesota ties as Andrew Burnett picks up a win against his former team, uh, as well as a couple of other storylines to look at as well. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild. I'm joined by the host of Lockdown Florida Panthers, Armando Velez, to talk about the game yesterday. Armando, thanks for joining. How are things going? It's going really well, uh, Seth. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. Uh, for uh, everyone on the Locked On Wild feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. Um, yeah, uh, very excited to uh, be chatting about this game. 10 uh, 0 at home for the Florida Panthers. Um, now have a goal differential of plus 26. So. Um, it's crazy. This is, this team has been such a different team at home versus the road where all of their losses have been now. And it now the the Florida Panthers are one home win away from tying, uh, the record for best start at home with the 63, 64 Chicago Blackhawks. So, uh, great Great times right now in Sunrise, Florida for these Florida Panthers and their fan base. Well, we we saw in the game, we saw a lot of, you know, the script for what has uh, what has happened so far for the Minnesota Wild. Team is never out of it. No matter what the score is, the Wild were down by two goals a couple of times, and they uh, just continued to continue to fight, continue to battle um, the empty net at the uh, the end of the game. Uh, if not for the empty netter that the Panthers scored, uh, we could be talking about a whole different outcome of this game. But nonetheless, before we dive into kind of the uh, the schematics of this game, the ins and outs, we did have a couple of storylines to discuss uh, in this one, and actually one that both of us wanted to bring up. So I think we'll start there, and obviously Andrew Brunette, uh, who is uh, the interim coach for the Florida Panthers after Joel Quinville uh, resigned. Um have you seen any sort of differences for this Panthers team under Brunette, or has it been pretty much the the same Panthers team that we've seen all season uh, since he took over? Well, the one thing he did just a few games ago is he mixed up uh, some of the forward lines. Um, for the most part uh, this season and l- last season, um, Jonathan Huberto and Alexander Barkov were both on separate lines, uh, Barkov being the center on line one and Huberto being the left wing on line number two. And during their last road trip where they went up the Northeast to New Jersey and New York, Pittsburgh, and then back to Tampa, the Florida Panthers were struggling a little bit and they were struggling to, uh, to stop momentum from the other, from the other side, especially in their game against um, New Jersey. So Andrew Burnett decided to mix up the forward lines a little bit, um, putting Barkov and Huberto back together He's been on the staff for a few years now. 
um, for for the Florida Panthers. Now he's at two and a quarter uh, season, so now he gets to put his his own style of things for the for this Florida Panthers uh, squad and putting the the core of Barkoff and Huberto together. It, it, it's worked for the most part, even though Barkoff is not playing right now. Um, he's now with a um, lower body injury on a hit he sustained to his knee um, back against the New York Islanders. Um, but however, Barkoff was skating in optional morning skate this morning, even though his status is week to week. But I was not expecting him to play uh, last night as we're recording this at 10 a.m. on a on a Sunday, right before football Sunday for both uh, Seth and I. Uh, <laughs> but but it, it's great to see that an injury that many people thought that was going to be many weeks. And I, I saw something about Pierre Lebrun talking on TSN about it could be three to four weeks, but I can't confirm that someone had told me that, but I, 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 I don't have Canadian television over here in Florida. So I, I don't know. And there was nothing tweeted. So can't confirm. Uh, there's no reporting uh, behind that, but yeah, the putting those back together. And then also, since Barkov has been out, uh, they put a line together that they put together last season of Anthony Duclair, Sam Bennett, and Jonathan Huberto, the 9-10-11 line. That's their jersey numbers. And that was a line that got was on fire during the second half of the season last year. And since Barkov's injury, that's the first time they've been back together since last season. So they, they haven't missed the beat as well. Anton Lindell, the rookie, is now on the second line with Barkov's absence. And the plan was always to put him as the two C to develop him to eventually get there. And he's getting his reps right now. And bottom six scoring has been a thing. And for championship teams, you need to have a uh, bottom six scoring. And um, three of three of the goals in yesterday's uh, game was from the bo- bottom six of the team. So that's the, that's the great thing to see that the Florida Panthers are doing. They're getting, they're getting, they're scoring in different parts of the lineup. Yeah, that's that's one of the huge keys. You got to get scoring from the entire lineup. You also have to defend your home ice, and uh, obviously the Panthers, uh, as you mentioned, are closing in on the uh, the record for uh, wins to start a season at home. Um, what has led to? Has there been anything that's led to such a great start to the season at home, or has it just been um, playing good hockey in front of the home fans? Well, they're getting off to fast starts, and before. In the middle of the first period, there was a graphic that was put up, and thankfully, thankfully, before we even started recording, I was able to rewatch um, Saturday night's game to see if I caught anything that I didn't catch the first time around. And first period goals—they're number one in the NHL. So the the key is fast starts. Before that, before the first period even started, twenty-one um, goals, and Minnesota's actually up there too uh, with with uh, the the tops of the NHL in in goals to start the first, to start in the first period. So that's, that's the, that's the crazy thing about, about what's going on in sunrise, Florida. So it's, it's not playing from behind. And we saw that a lot in their road trip that they were playing from behind, not chasing the game, something Andrew Burnett um, preached a few days ago. And um, yeah, they, they, they're, they're getting off to fast starts. And that's been really the, the great thing about this Florida Panthers team. We'll tell you what, let's uh, let's dive into the matchup a little bit, and uh, I know you had some questions that were Wild-related as well, so um, let's uh, let's finish 
Let's continue, I should say, uh, our discussion. We'll uh, look a little deeper at the uh, the win for the Panthers over the Minnesota Wild next on our special crossover edition of Lockdown Wild and Lockdown Florida Panthers. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch all the games live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff? Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Continuing our special crossover episode of Lockdown Wild and Lockdown Florida Panthers, Seth Topol joined by Armando Velez and Armando 5-4 to four win for the Panthers. Uh, they had a two-goal lead a couple of different times um, during this game. And I'm going to go to start with a couple of things that uh, I thought went wrong for the Wild, and then we can discuss what went right for the Panthers. Um, to start, I was surprised that um, – well, not surprised necessarily, but – I think one of the things that went well for the Panthers that did not go well for the Wild was just handling the puck in general. It seemed like the uh, the Wild were a little sloppy with uh, with their puck handling throughout the course of the game. And against a team like the Panthers that plays such good defense, um, it, that's that's something you can't do. You just you can't give another team extra opportunities with the puck, and so. I thought, if anything, kind of doomed the Wild here uh, in the game. It was the fact that they just were a little too generous with uh, with giving away the puck to the Panthers. Yeah, and in the middle of the second period, I tweeted saying, I lost count of the amount of times that the Florida Panthers had odd man rushes going the other way. And, and it, it just also goes to show in even the first two goals, um, Ekblad get, goes through two defenders, gets that, beautiful pass off to Owen Tippett for the goal, his fourth of the season. And, and then the Vitrano um, goal, the first one where, where Dmitry Kulikov, former Panther, Dmitry Kulikov gets a hit on Joe Thornton in the, in the Panthers defensive zone. And then Vitrano takes it by himself. Um, and it's crazy. Both, uh, both teams had plenty of goals where uh, they were by themselves on, on the goalie. Um, I, I believe uh, Kaprizov's uh, goal was all by himself on, on Sergei Bobrovsky as well. So both uh, both teams uh, had opportunities for uh, speed. Both teams both teams have a lot of speed. Yeah. However, I, I did I did see a stat. I did the broadcast did talk about a stat about high danger scoring chances. Um, how the Florida Panthers are first in scoring on high danger scoring chances, but the Minnesota Wild defensively are 22nd in the NHL in giving up high danger scoring chances. And some that's something I talked about before this matchup even happened that Minnesota wild can score. So can the Panthers, but defensively the Minnesota wild have a little bit of a struggle with that, um, allowing just over three points per game. 
And this was another game where they gave up more than uh, um, three goals. So fundamentally, what do you think is the issue with the Wild? You know, I think um, I think it stems to goaltending. And I don't think Cam Talbot has been bad per se this year. But um, you look at the expected goals allowed uh, stat, I believe the Wilds are at two um, expected goals allowed per game, which is near the top of the NHL. However, Cam Talbot is negative in the uh, expected goals allowed category. And so he has struggled um, at, at points throughout uh, throughout games with rebounds and with uh, just, you know, there, there have been some goals that you look at and you say, like to see the goalie come away with that one. Um, and so, you know, I think the goaltending has, it has not been as crisp as it was last year. I mean, both Talbot and Capo Kacken were so good last year, which led to me kind of wondering if maybe we saw like the best that Talbot has to offer. And, uh, and so we're seeing, you know, a, a step below that this year. And so it's become noticeable um, in, in some of these losses. And I, I didn't think he played terribly last night, but at the same time, I feel like a little better effort from him uh, would have led to maybe the Wilds coming away with a win. Uh, but, you know, you, you talked about those high-danger opportunities, and the Wild also have struggled at times with um, giving up those goals like right in front of the net uh, on rebounds and just failing to get the puck from uh, out in front of the net too. So I think a lot of the problem has has come from uh, the goaltending. I was pleasantly surprised last night because I think another thing that has been an issue for the Wild is penalties. They have taken a ton of penalties, and uh, to give the Panthers only one power play opportunity last night I think was very good because that was one of the things that I thought coming into the game that the Wild are going to need to stay clean and uh, stay out of the penalty box, and uh, by and large, I thought they did. So it, I think it just it came down to just Talbot, you know, struggling. A couple of those goals, uh, I think you'd like back. But at the end of the day, with this back to back at Florida Panthers at Tampa Bay Lightning, you're playing two of the best teams in the NHL, and so they and you're playing them at their arena. So obviously you got to be on your A game. Talbot was not, and that ended up being the difference. Yeah, and you're talking about uh, Cam Talbot uh, now, and the Florida Panthers in their first two seasons with Sergey Bobrovsky was having that issue with uh, with. I mean, and not all Sergey Bobrovsky's fault. A lot of high danger scoring chances uh, coming his way, and I saw um, I saw a stat. Um, on l- last night's game that as far as attempted shots uh, on Sergei Bobrovsky, um, the Florida Panthers are have the 24th least amount of shot shot attempts given up to the opposition as well. So that's another, that's another thing that's uh, not only Sergei Bobrovsky is playing. I can now say that it's a Vesna caliber play for Sergei Bobrovsky. And that's something that I've been very, very hesitant on saying throughout the first month and a half of the season. Um, but the the benchmark is Thanksgiving for for uh, hockey teams, and we're less than a week away from Thanksgiving, and this doesn't seem like a fluke for Sergey Bobrovsky. And 
I also think about it like this for the Florida Panthers side on the goals given up, even though it was four numbers will say, and say percentage will say if people don't watch the game that Bobrovsky was bad, but no, not the case at all, because only one of them, only one of the goals given up was five on five because power play goal um, by, by Erickson Eck right in front of the doorstep, McKenzie Weger loses his stick. You have two six on five goals with the net, with the empty net and the only one that was given up um five on five was the Kaprizov goal um where he was all alone on Bobrovsky and that was that was that Bobrovsky and there was a sequence where Bobrovsky was just denying Kevin Fiala over and over and over again and then you there's a zoom in of uh Mackenzie Weger just saying wow <laughs> after the after the sequence that he had um, but so the bounce back that Sergei Borowski has had is just incredible. Um, something that I did not see coming. I had my doubts about um, Sergei Borowski after his uh, first uh, two seasons. But I, I do want to ask you um, about Kaprizov's uh, play. Um, not off to the best start in in his in this season. After the season he had last year, he gets that massive contract. One that I was a, a little. I would have been very hesitant to give based on less than a season of play, but he's proving he it, it's proving to be that last season was just no fluke um, for uh, Kirill Kaprizov, who signed um, who's the broadcast mentioned for the Florida Panthers side signed his deal in Miami. They drove up to Boca Raton to take a flight back to Minnesota to announce the deal, uh, and now Kaprizov's averaging about a point per game um, in in this season. Now now we're starting to see the Kirill Kaprizov from last season talk about talk about his play talk about the the run he's on right now after the slow start yeah and um credit to dean evison for trying to send kirill a little bit of a message um he there have been a lot of factors at play so far this season he's obviously facing a lot of extra attention um from opponents and rightfully so because he is the uh, he is the engine to this wild offense um, so he is facing a ton of pressure from opposing teams to try to slow him down. He also was not not doing – he's had some games where he just kind of has completely disappeared, uh, which was discouraging, and it led to Dean Evason uh, taking him off of that top line uh, and putting him on the third line to start uh, the game against Dallas. And that lasted all of one period. And um, – he ended up scoring. He had uh, the goal. He had three assists. So he's got six points in his last um, two games. And so I think message Maybe. received to uh, to say the least. So we're seeing a little bit more of what we saw last year with him. Just you know, these crazy passes, just straight up outworking his opponents. And so I think it just came down to him realizing like you still gotta try to put the puck on the net even if teams are sending two or three opponents at you to try to slow you down and in the last two games he has been he's been really good so it's nice to see that he kind of got that message it's just a shame that it took so long for uh for it to be received now the deal is a fascinating story because he ended up flying in to florida to quarantine without anybody here in Minnesota knowing. Um, he, oh. he he did so so that he could 
you know, get the quarantine period in so that he was able to, you know, be there for a portion of training camp. Um, nobody knew. Nobody had any idea that he was in Florida, and he called Bill Guerin and he said, hey, I'm here. Let's uh, let's get this thing signed. And it just – it was just crazy um, as, a, as a member of the, uh, the wild media to, to see that and be like, oh, he is here. And so he signed it. He, uh, he was with the team during training camp. And for as much of a stalemate as that looked to be, for him to, like, covertly sneak into the United States, take his, uh, his COVID, uh, get his COVID vaccine – serve the quarantine period um it was it was just a bizarre ending to that entire story but we're obviously glad he's here and uh, it's nice that he's starting to really pick it up uh, after a little bit of a slow start Mm -hmm. yeah and he led the wild with uh shots on goal like i saw the florida panthers as soon as he was getting the puck they were just surrounding him with multiple defenders especially uh radical gudas uh who the this this team the amount of hits the, they had between uh, both these teams, it felt like that these two were rivals, even though they're not even in the same conference. So that this was a very, very physical game for uh, both teams. And um, I saw many times that the Florida Panthers were committing hits to create turnovers. And for, for the Florida Panthers side, uh, great to see for that. But um, the, 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 the ending uh, Seth, for this one um florida panthers they got um multiple two goal leads for for this one it felt the the final score doesn't always tell the whole story but they did get it close to the end the the minnesota wild of course they get one very early of course we talked about kaprizov Weger didn't have his best game both uh the goal by kaprizov was him losing a pocket in the blue line the other one was the causing Bobrovsky to lose his stick on the Erickson Eck power play goal. But the Florida Panthers were able to uh, still nail it down. Um, the But I want to ask you, when when they, when Dean Evason uh, pulled the goalie uh, with five minutes less, obviously it worked. You got two goals, six on five. What was your reaction at first? Uh, it was kind of here we go again because this – has been a big reason as to why you know the wild have such a commanding lead in terms of shot differential uh in the third period is because you know they they have these stretches where when they're losing they are able to just completely like contain and uh, and own the shot differential um i've seen it multiple times the pittsburgh penguins game is a great example of uh, of them going to the extra attacker and being able to get the game to overtime, I think the uh, I think the game tying goal there happened with like 0.2 seconds left, something like that, um, from Ryan Hartman. And so that was a a two goal deficit that the Wild were able to neutralize. Um, you have opening night uh, in which the uh, the Wilds were able to um, get the game winner against the Anaheim Ducks with like six seconds left on the clock. They've been a team that even if they're down, they are never out because they just are so relentless with the puck. And we're seeing so many different guys get involved in the scoring this year. Um, Marcus Foligno, 
has uh, has really picked up his play this year. Ryan Hartman has uh, eight goals now in the season. Um, they've been sensational. And so when you have those multiple options that can help you out in those situations, they're not relying on Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala to win them games. They're able to get production from everybody. And so I think that makes you a truly dangerous team in that situation to where you have all these different options that can contribute um, in the goal department. Now, obviously, would have liked had it been a, uh, a two-goal lead for the Wild in that situation where you're trying to, you know, you're trying to, to fend off an extra attacker with a two-goal lead. But at the end of the day, um, the thing that, that I like is that this team continues to fight and uh, they really are never out of a game, um, no matter what the score. Yeah, and the the fact that they score in bunches, one of the tops in the NHL, uh, definitely proves that the Florida Panthers definitely, um, on on their end, they've they've gotten that mix of scoring with Vitrano. Doesn't score every game, but or every, not even every other game, but he gets uh, two tonight. One on a uh, beautiful pass from. Um, Gus Forsling and the other one was excuse me on a it, that was on a shot by Gus Forsling and then he gets the rebound um there and also um Sam Bennett gets another empty net goal um, an empty net goal that was actually his first goal against the Minnesota Wild in 16 games first time ever scoring it and he spent wow. quite a, a, a little bit of time in uh uh Calgary um so before and um yeah so Lots of uh, balanced scoring, and the Minnesota Wild are in the in the same category. So both of them have a lot of balance as far as that. Yeah, and you know, in looking at kind of takeaways from this game, um, I obviously have at points been frustrated with the uh, the effort that we've seen from this team, just because um, you look at games that are certainly winnable. Um, I, I I'm not really. I'm not really, I guess, disappointed with any part of of what happened in this game uh, against the Panthers. You're you're going to probably the toughest arena for a road team to play in, um, and you're going up against arguably the top team in the NHL. And uh, last night, the Panthers ended up being the better team. The Wilds made it a close fight. I am going to be very excited to see how this goes when it's flipped. And the Wild are the home team. And the mm-hmm. Panthers uh, come on the road to face the Wild. I'm going to be very excited to see how that matchup goes because I think this was very even. Um, so, you know, I, I don't – I'm not a huge um, – I'm not a huge in the, like, moral victories after a loss category. But at the same time, you know, you're not going to win every game. And so the fact that they went to Florida, gave the Panthers a fight, that's that's fine with me. Um, obviously, I would like a split this weekend, but you know, you're going up against two incredibly difficult teams, and so losses happen. Mm-hmm. For sure. So we'll discuss. Uh, we'll discuss in the next segment more of what's to come for the Florida Panthers and the Minnesota Wild as we wrap this weekend of hockey. So keep it right here on the Locked On Florida Panthers and the Locked On Wild podcast. I love Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats and plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Bilt Bars. Bilt Bars is the new holiday dessert. 
feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace a coconut cream pie with a coconut Bilt Bar or go for a raspberry Bilt Bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some with your family gatherings. It will make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Built Bar yet. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly, so check the site often. There's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 50% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% at built. Com. Final segment of today's crossover edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Florida Panthers. Seth Topol joined by Armando Velez. And thank you once again for making both shows your first listen every day. Uh, let's turn the page, Armando, and look at uh, what is to come. Where do both teams go from here? And so, you know, you talked about Thanksgiving being kind of the benchmark for teams to decide, you know, are they in? Are they out? Are they going to be good? Uh, safe to say that the Florida Panthers have uh, checked that box on their list uh, as we get close to Turkey Day. Yeah, and the for the Florida Panthers, they'll have three days off before facing the Philadelphia Flyers on Wednesday, where, where Keith Yandel will be making his return to uh, Sunrise, Florida before back-to-back -back at Washington and then ha at home before the Seattle Kraken um, come to town. So the, the benchmark... They're, they're around there with that benchmark and moneypuck.com had their playoff chances for each team and Florida Panthers are set at 97% right now um, to make the playoffs. So, um, and Toronto lost to Pittsburgh on Saturday night, the Tampa Bay lightning are actually on a back-to-back -back as well. Um, they faced the New Jersey devils on Saturday and they actually blew a three, one lead um, in the third period. They let up uh, four goals in the third period. So looks like that the both the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Minnesota Wild by the time this comes out um the the fans will know the result but it looks like that the Minnesota Wild could and Tampa Bay Lightning could be putting both their back backups um against each other in their the Sunday matchup um where Brian Elliott versus uh Capo Kakinen for in in that matchup for so for the Florida Panthers three days off um couldn't couldn't be a better time for this team to get some rest before another home game a chance to definitely um tie the record for the Chicago Blackhawks of 1963-1964 so um great great stuff uh for this Florida Panthers now their goal differential like I said earlier is uh plus 26 at home you divide that by 10 games you're beating your opponents by at least 2.6 goals per game only wow. three goals now um, have been one-score games, and that included uh, Saturday night's game against the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, and you know, looking at the Wild's perspective, I was actually just pulling up their schedule because I'm like, who who do we play after the Lightning? Um, Tampa Bay Lightning today uh, at four o'clock, and then at New Jersey on Wednesday. Then we get a nice little four-game homestand against Winnipeg, the Lightning. 
the Coyotes, New Jersey, and actually it's a five-game homestand because math is difficult for me, um, <laughs> against Toronto as well. I'm actually going to the Coyotes game on the 30th. And so a nice chance for this team, if you can, uh, if you can play Tampa Bay tough, maybe come away with a win. Um, if you can beat the Devils, you, uh, you go home uh, at, you know, at worst 11 and 8, but probably more like 12 and 7. Um, then, you know, you rattle off. Maybe you go 4 and 1 on that homestand or 3 and 2. Starting to look pretty good uh, in that um, I think the odds for the Wild to get to the playoffs themselves uh, from Money Puck were, I think, 65%. So strengthen those a little bit get back home. Obviously a big thing that I'm very nervous to see from last night's game too, is the injury status of Jared Spurgeon, uh, who ended Mm -hmm. up the captain. Yep. Ended up leaving the game um, after an injury in the first period, only played three minutes. Um, The wild have recalled Kalen Addison to fill his spot. So obviously some of that is, you know, you're playing a back to back on the road. You don't necessarily know, the injury situation, but obviously the fact that they recalled a player uh, to fill his spot already tells you that maybe it's going to be a little bit of a longer um, time on uh, injured reserve for him. But you know this this team is a resilient one. They will uh, they'll bounce back, and uh, it's 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 been fun to watch this team that I have. Uh, nicknamed the Cardiac Kids because of the amount of times that they've completed comebacks already this season. But, you know, it would be nice. And as, like, as Kirill Kaprizov gets going, as Kevin Fiala gets going, um, I feel like this team is just going to continue to play better hockey um, to be at 11-6 and six right now with really only Kaprizov starting to get going within the last couple of games. I don't think you can ask for much more than that. Yeah. And one thing I want to touch on before we wrap this up, um, Andrew Burnett uh, had a little bit of time in the front office of the Minnesota Wild. And just looking at their cap friendly, they were talking about um, his involvement in um, not necessarily drafting the players, but like scouting the players and uh, and being involved in the, in the process. And the 2015 draft for the Minnesota Wild, there's um, there's quite a, a few players who are still in the, on that roster. So that that 2015 draft uh, is a really good one for um, the Minnesota Wild. You have Joe, Joel Arison Eck on that one, who scored a goal last night. Um, Jordan Greenway, second round pick, and then of course the star Kirill Kaprizov, uh, who got drafted in the in the fifth round. So the the it, it's it's pretty cool from the Florida Panthers side of things that um, Andrew Brunette had a little bit to do with um, bringing some of those uh, core players for the Minnesota Wild um, there. So it, it's pretty cool and. The fact that um, Andrew Burnett stayed around to talk to the Minnesota media um, in after his uh, uh, pregame presser uh, there, it, it's really cool to see. And 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 I'm, I'm also really excited to see like how those uh, players um, develop and saying, hey, Andrew Burnett had a little bit to do with uh, why they're there in Minnesota. You're not going to find a guy who is more universally adored um, in Minnesota wild lore than, uh, Andrew Burnett. Um, people here absolutely love the guy. And so the fact that he is, you know, getting this opportunity with the Panthers after, like you said, I, I think he mentioned he did basically every job that exists, 
uh, for the Minnesota Wild when he was uh, was in the front office, and so had um, had a little bit of a hand in a lot of different things. Uh, and obviously, his uh, his time on the ice uh, had some uh, extremely memorable moments with the Wild, and so. The basically the entire state of Minnesota cheering for uh, for Brunette to have a successful tenure that uh, allows him to go from interim head coach to maybe full time head coach uh, beyond this year. So you know that's that's a fun tie in for this game. Obviously, would have liked to spoil um, his uh, his first game against the Wild, but if you're going to lose to the Florida Panthers um, and uh, you've got Brunette as the uh, the interim head coach. That's not a bad way to take an L, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and and so far so good with uh, Andrew Brunette here. And um, early on, they had the uh, um, a lot of road games where they were not um, winning, and starting there were starting to be a little bit of questions. It's like, ooh, is is this the the right thing, um, the right move to do, bringing in Andrew Brunette? But of course, um, you. The, the the concept was always to promote within instead of bringing somebody out because of what the system was there already for this um, Florida Panthers team. And great thing that they did instead of bringing somebody else outside, which the rumors, some of the rumors were John Tortorella, which I'm not a fan of that move. Um, but gr- great to see that. And there, there you said, you talked about spoiling, um, this for uh, the Florida Panthers you talked about how this uh these two teams would fare um when they do face off against each other again they do have an opportunity not too long from now actually where they they will the Florida Panthers will be making a trip to Minnesota on December 18th that one is a 2 p.m eastern puck drop for on a Saturday but hey you know what after that game you and you and I get to enjoy uh the rest of our Saturday night. So honestly, the 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 puck drop at that time is not the end of the world. So we we get we still get to do our job and enjoy the rest of that day too. And hey, um, should be a fun homecoming uh, for Andrew Burnett. I'm sure that the that the Wild fans would give him a little cheer before the game starts, but then once the game starts, it'll be something different. <laughs> yeah, once the game starts, he's going to be mortal enemy um, mm-hmm. with the sole intent of uh, of the wild being to beat the florida panthers but before the game starts i'm sure they'll do a nice tribute video um the wild have been really good at that kind of thing of honoring former players so i'm sure they'll do something and uh yeah it's it is going to be nice i don't know that the wild have had an early afternoon game yet it seems like all of their games on weekends have been like five o'clock six o'clock so having a game in the early afternoon is going to be fun and uh, hopefully both of these two teams are still you know, healthy and, uh, and are still in the hunt by the time we, uh, we square off in just under a month. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for it. And, of course, you and I will have to get back together again for sure to do another crossover. Most definitely. That is going to conclude this crossover edition of Lockdown Wild and Lockdown Florida Panthers. So now that your first listen is done, make sure to tune in for your second listen Uh, to the Locked On NHL podcast to get a full breakdown of everything going on throughout the wide world of the NHL. Also, make sure to follow Locked On Wild and Locked On Florida Panthers wherever you listen to podcasts, both shows, keeping you as up to date on the Wild and the Panthers as is possible. 
And uh, you can find new episodes of both Locked On Wild and Locked On Florida Panthers every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Podcast Network.